Okay, so one of the things that I hear from people is how to declutter their kids' stuff. They want to know how to either do it without them knowing or do it with the the children's participation. Um, there are several roadblocks to this. Now, I want to be clear where my stance is. The whole purpose of helping your children actually I'm going to rewind that the whole purpose of our lives at, as parents is to teach our children skills and abilities and how to navigate as good human beings and and from the point in time that they're young to the point in time that they're adults okay so that's our role why would we teach them that their stuff doesn't matter their personal space doesn't matter, that they're not capable of making their own decisions about stuff and we're not giving them limits. And that's what I feel happens with a lot of people and a lot of people that are gurus online um, that state just do it for them. Like our role is to teach them. Our role is to go through processes with them. If you weren't ever taught to tie your shoes, my friend, you would never learn how to tie your shoes. So we need to teach our children to learn to let go of their things, to learn to value their stuff, to learn to go through and declutter on a regular basis. This isn't being mean. This isn't, you know, it will be tough. It's not going to be easy and I'm not going to lie to you. This is the tougher path to take. It's so easy. It is so easy to take their stuff and throw it in a garbage bag and be done with it. But there is no personal accountability to you and to them. Now imagine, because I know there's some of you right now that are saying, but, but, but. They get lots of toys from grandparents. So imagine your child being able to say to their grandma or grandpa, I only want this or this. That's all I need. That's all I'm saving up for. I'm saving up all of my money to be able to buy these very important items to me. That's going to make the grandparents take notice And they're going to want to support their grandchild. But how do you do that when you're not actually addressing the root issue? So that is the whole point of this podcast episode, addressing the root issues and us going right for it. Because As they get older, it gets harder and harder and harder, not impossible, but it does get harder to go through these lessons. And believe me, you, there will come a point in time that you have a stinky teenager, love them to pieces, but they will be stinky. They will have messy rooms. They will um, be moody. They will, you know, it will be a challenge. And some of you might have an easier go of it, so I don't want it all to be doom and gloom because I actually did not have a horrendous teenager. And I think in my head, when she was growing up, that was what I was most scared of, was having 
a, a difficult teenage year because I was like, I can't do it. I cannot handle a difficult teenager. We will clash. Like I'm a very strong personality and I raised a strong personality. So having the two of us in a household, both of us very emotionally charged and, you know, having some hormonal stuff was not a good scene. But we totally managed. And those of you that have teenagers, I got your back. I have I have your back, friend. <laughs> you you let me know what's going on and I'll 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 give you a hand. Um but that's what this podcast is all about. I want to dive deep into the different things that you might run into when you're trying to help your kid declutter. And I'm I'm actually going to give you strategies because there's not going to be any fluff here. I've been asked to increase the length of these episodes and I just can't. So when I feel like I'm rambling on, I make sure that I cut it off and I feel like I'm rambling on. So we'll get right into it. So remember, we're guiding your children with stuff. So the very, very first thing I want you to think of is one of the first things that I ask you to think of when I'm helping you with your own stuff. I want you to start teaching them how to stop the inflow. And you don't have to, you know, term it as we're going to be minimalists or we're going to, it's not their belief system, but you're going to guide them to want to live with less and to be able to be happy with the things that they already have. So stopping the inflow, let's look at that. Instead of them having a mile long gift request list or a wish list at Christmas, what I would like you to do is have one to three gifts that they would like to have. And and this would be a, an activity that you guys go through together. So they might start out with a list of, I want this, or they're watching TV and the commercials come on and that's the best toy. Or they come home from school and they know that Sally has got the newest, greatest toy and nobody else can get it. And that's what they want. So what I want you to do is to dig deeper into that. What is the motivation behind them wanting to have that? And a lot of times it's just subtle clues. A lot of times it's, I remember there was times I would be doing work in the house and then all of a sudden I would hear my daughter just stop what she was doing, like throw whatever toy she was playing with on the floor and she would run in front of the TV. So she would be in another room and she would hear a commercial come on the TV and she would drop what she was doing in her bedroom and run to in front of the TV because that was a toy that she wanted if I gave her every single one of those toys she wanted, A, I couldn't because I was very low income. I was a single mom, super low income, could not afford to do that. So in a way, I wasn't able to give her all of her, her wants on a whim. Like I had to naturally do this. So when people say, oh, minimalism is just for rich people, that really burns me because no, it is not minimalism is for everybody no matter what 
you know, range of, of money you have coming in. Minimalism is a lifestyle. So when I would hear her, getting back to the story, when I would hear her drop the toy that she was playing with and run to in front of the TV, I would pay attention to that. I knew a lot of what she wanted was just due to advertising and FOMO, the fear of missing out, wanting to be included. And this is happening. This was when she was about five years old. This was happening before this kid was in school. She felt that by watching those ads, and, and it was just a, a oh, that's really cool. So... I had to go with her and decide, why do you want this? What Would you be willing to give up your other toys? Which she did show me just instinctually when she would throw down the toy she was using and go to the new one. But then she had to have some sort of buy-in. Like it wasn't easy to get these toys. So there would be a lot of, okay, you don't have enough room for everything. What do we need to get rid of? Like all of your stuff is is stuffed full. You got some new McDonald's toys. So now there's a whole bin that we can't even close in that cabinet. So what can we let go of if you want that? So then there's a little bit of negotiating. You're teaching her that you can't have everything. It's not a it's not a keep accumulating kind of deal. So Help your child prioritize their wants because you're fulfilling their needs. You're making sure that they have clothing. You're making sure that they have food. You're making sure that they have shelter. You are giving them their needs as children and even as teenagers because teenagers are children too. (laughs) I feel like we need a a t-shirt that says that teenagers are children too. Um, So... Anything above and beyond that, and, you know, those are wants. Because there will be people that disagree with me, but here's the thing. There were times that, especially when my daughter was a baby, I would be like, whoa, I just bought this really cool toy. She would look at it and it would be like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then she would crawl her way with her little like toesy outfits, her onesie, and she would open the cabinet door in the kitchen and start pulling out pots and pans and just banging on those for half an hour at a time. Like loved to play with random stuff that we already owned. She was living an enriched life with things we already had. So... This idea of having to buy all of this stuff in order to enrich your child's life is so bogus. It's so bogus. So prioritizing those wants. And you, mama or dad, whoever's listening to this podcast, needs to hear this. What... Do you want your children to learn from this whole experience? Stopping the inflow, prioritizing those wants 
Do they get everything that they see on TV? Do they get everything that their friends get because you feel guilty? Or do they actually have to make some bigger choices on what can stay and what can go? Are you going to teach them what what means more? So if something comes in, stuff has to go out. Does that mean more than all of these other things? And prioritizing the stuff that they already have. So if they know that there's consequences to them bringing something new in, there is going to be a little shift, a little ting that's going to say, maybe we don't need that. Am I willing to let go of some of the stuff that I already have? And as you start removing those stuff and as you start getting your kids to realize that they do need to let go of things, it's going to be less and less stuff that you guys are dealing with in their space. Um, Another thing that you can do to stop the inflow is instead of giving them something, if they have expressed interest in it, have them save up for it. And however they make money, and you know, you, you do you, boo, if you want to have your kids earning some sort of uh, allowance for doing extra stuff around the house, if they have certain things that they have to do already, that is a whole other topic. Have them have the ability to make money and have them work towards saving that money. Whether you do a little chart on the wall that, you know, we need motivation. We need motivation in order to to do things. If you give into your child's every whim and you say, yeah, sure, I'll get this for you. When you're going shopping, anything extra that's not on the list and your kid goes, I want this. Nope. Mm, let's just check this list. No, not on the list. Sorry, buddy. And then you put it back. Having to have to work for something makes it more valuable to them. And they won't need as many toys. Teaching them to like let go of that want, the, the reactive want, is going to be something so powerful you, for you, my friend. Um, so there we go. First step, guide them to stop the inflow. Okay. So second step, we want to guide them to identify and clear the excess. So identifying it, identifying is simply let's pull this stuff, this category out. And this is going to be a tough one especially if they've got a ton of stuff. So this is where you have to put on your your organization hat. This is where you start grouping stuff in their room into categories, okay? This will be easier as you do it more often. And as you do it more often, they're going to learn it. And you're not going to have to do it with them. You're going to just say, all right, we need you to start a declutter of your space. And then they're going to be able to do it. You've given them, you've guided them, you've given them the tools to be able to do this. So 
when we talk about identifying the excess. Grab a category and don't pick their favorite grouping of toys. You know what their favorite stuff is. Pick stuff maybe that they're a little bit ready to outgrow, that they don't play with, that they're, you know, they've said to you, oh, I don't like Sally Pockets anymore, whatever, right? Um, look at those things. Those are the easy stuff. We always want to go for the easy stuff first. Those are the ones that are going to have least resistance. So we identify that grouping of them. Then what do we do next? We pile them all together and then we say, all right, we only have this much space, which is also teaching them to live with limits because we don't have an infinite amount of space. The hardest thing is to see parents struggle and want to organize their space, but they keep adding extra storage space. They'll add floor to ceiling, vertical, you know, storage space for their kids. And their kids are three feet tall. Their kids are never going to use the stuff that's up at the top. Just by design, it's impossible for the children to access those things way up top. So already, due to these functional issues in the space, they're already storing clutter. So... Living with limits is so important. There is nothing wrong with having a three foot, three foot tall cubby by four foot. Maybe they're square. Maybe three foot by three foot. Regardless, there's nothing wrong with having that for your kids with the little bins and baskets in there because the kids are able to access it. Access? Access it. A- access access the stuff and you're not going to have excess there we're having a little bit of a tongue twister today so we need to live with those limits now getting back to identifying we've we've already figured out we figure out their categories we bring them out we say this is what we've got for the space in here choose your favorites choose the ones that you want to see back in your room but only choose your favorites. And that also teaches them, and this is clearing the excess. It is infinitely harder for you, me, and children to decide which ones to get rid of. It's harder to do that. It's easier to decide which ones you love. And that's the whole purpose of what I teach. Keep only what you use, you need, and you love. So why would teaching our children be any different? Transfer that down to them. And that's how you're able to get down to clearing the excess with them. Help them identify the ones that they use. Help them identify the ones that they love. They'll tell you, but I love this one. Tell me about her. What do you love about her? All right. Well, when that box starts getting full, all right, sweetie, here you go. You showed me these these ones. You said these were your all-time favorites. Now you have six more 
do you love these six enough to let go of those ones that you love? Because they're not going to fit in there. They won't fit if we don't let go of some of these favorite ones. So you're teaching them that they do have to choose, that that space isn't infinite. You're also going to set time limits. We don't want to do this so that our kids are frazzled. Break it into smaller bite-sized pieces. You're not going to do their entire room in one day. That is the surest way to have your child not want to do this. So break it up. Break it up into the smaller chunks and do a maximum of 15 minutes. I kid you not. 15 minutes. And if you're still clutter clearing at that point in time, just say to, say to your kid, Kate, that's fine. We're good for today. If you see them at five minutes starting to get frazzled, are you doing okay? Do a check-in. Ask them how they're doing. Do you want us to stop? We can start this again later or we can do this tomorrow. It is so important to value what your, what your kids are going through emotionally. And that will serve you later on in their lifetime. When we check in with them emotionally and we have these conversations, you don't seem like you're this invincible person and that you've got it all figured out. Show them that you're a human. Show them that you have struggles too. I totally get it. You know what? Mommy gets really struggly, right? I get really drained when I start doing this. I totally get it. I got you, kiddo. We'll put it down for today. And we'll do it tomorrow. If you feel later on today you want to come back and work on it, we'll do it. But I want you to take that stuff that you guys were working on and put it in a little box or a little bag and put it up. Just leave it for the day. And then you can bring it back out, dump it on your work surface, and continue on the next day or later. This is a really good tip to make sure that your kid doesn't get overwhelmed. So... That was tip tip two, to identify and clear the excess. Alrighty, so tip three for helping you deal with your kids and their stuff. I want you to guide them to maintain things. And this is going to sound really weird for some of you. If you have to wash anything on a regular basis of theirs, I want you to pull them into the process. And as you're doing the process to explain to them why you're doing it. So if you have things that you throw in the dishwasher, it doesn't matter if they're teeny tiny, even if they're a baby, put it in the dishwasher and say, hey, this is why I'm doing this. The more we talk to our kids about what we're doing, the more they understand. And If we don't tell them that we're doing things, they think magically these things just happen. And remember my self-cleaning toilet? I thought that the toilet was always clean. I thought that my daughter's toilet was, you know, always messy. And I'm like, well, I don't know why. Why her toilet's always so gross. She's just, yeah. It was because my husband was cleaning it. I didn't know he was cleaning it. 
So to me, it was magically getting cleaned. It was magically a clean toilet. Don't ask me why. I don't even know why this happened. I don't know why it didn't click. But it was one of those things that I just didn't think of. On the same mind, you know, on the same thought process, I notice him cleaning or not cleaning, um, washing our clothes. I notice that. And so I'm very appreciative of it when he does. And I do let him know. I'll give him a kiss and a hug and I'll say like, thank you so much for, for just doing this for me. Like that was super nice. And, and he just, he does it. There's no animosity. And that's what I want you to start doing with your kids. Help them see the stuff that you do to maintain their toys. Whether it's putting so-and-so stuffy in, in the washing machine or if you have to like sew back on an eye I want you to show them that you're doing that also part of maintaining things is putting things away when you're done using them maintaining things is making sure that they're safe when they're stored away so If you leave toys out in the elements, month after month, year after year, that basketball that started out and it was nice and fresh and it was beautiful and it was bouncy and it didn't have any holes, that will be destroyed. It will not hold air. It will be faded. It might even start peeling. That is a non-maintained basketball. Now, if your kid goes out, plays basketball, comes in afterwards, has a place to put the basketball, that's our responsibility is to show them where the place is and puts it away, it will be maintained. And it's as simple as that. Put it back where it belongs. It's not sitting outside all the time where it could maybe get stolen, But it's also exposed to the elements and year after year that is going to cause it damage. Now that's a really extreme concept but I just I want you to think of that that making sure that things are put away properly and our role is to make it easy for our kids to be able to put it away. So whether you do um I used to sing to my daughter the cleanup song, and I don't even know if it's trademark, so I don't know if I can sing it, but it was like, clean up, clean up, everybody clean up. And I would help her go through it. I labeled her drawers based on categories. When she was too young to read, I put the word, and then I put a picture of what was in it on the front of the cabinet. That's the easiest way to start teaching your kids to put things away in the right place. At the beginning, you're going to need to help them. You're going to need to say, okay, we're going to start up here. Let's grab all of these cars. And you go around the room together and you guys pick up the cars and you put them away. And a magical thing will happen once they've gotten the hang of this. They'll play with their cars. They'll pull out the other toys. They'll do their they're whatever they're they're gonna play and then they're going to put it away because they know the expectation is once they're done playing or when they go to bed they need to tidy up so you're teaching them you're guiding them to have these skills 
So maintaining things is a very large part of them valuing their things. And all of this is going to have them have a better relationship with stuff. Am I promising you your child is going to have a minimalist lifestyle in the future? No. No, no. Uh Uh-uh. That is their choice. If they want to eventually become minimalist, that's, that's on them. You are setting them up with basic tools and systems and skills to help them have a better relationship with things so that they aren't feeling like they need the newest and the greatest and, and they need to consume and accumulate in order to be happy. What is the payoff of doing this stuff? Well, you guys get movie nights. You guys get to go on adventures. You guys don't have to worry about the house. Like if, if somebody came over for a surprise visit, visit, you're not freaking out. You're welcoming them in. Because your house isn't overwhelming. It's not a, a source of shame. And the same with our kids. And I think that's basically it. Stop the inflow. Identify and clear the excess. Live with those limits. And then I also want you to teach them to maintain things. And these three things will help you help your kids deal with their stuff. And that's all for today. And that's it for this week. I want to thank those of you that have sent in reviews or left me feedback about the podcast. I appreciate you. Reading those and having those drop in my lap is what fuels me to continue to provide podcast episodes. So If you love the Cozy Minimalism podcast, leave that review. You can put it on whatever podcast app you're using to listen, either Apple iTunes, Stitchers, and if you can't figure it out, stick it on Facebook. It's the best way to tell others that this podcast is worth their time. And honestly, I love reading them. I like to see that maybe in some little way that I'm having an impact on people. So if you're looking for inspiring, cozy, minimalist spaces and you want to see more visual stuff, check out my Instagram, Cozy Minimalism Official. And if you're looking for even more inspiration, look me up on Facebook, Cozy Minimalism. I look forward to next week, friends. Until then.